Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome in here. One o'clock hour on this President's Day. John Grayson's out on vacation, so Ryan Weber is here. Uh, We chose a Billy Joel song intentionally. In a minute, uh, Ryan had never heard the new Billy Joel song. And I still kind of have mixed feelings about it, so we'll play that in a second. And then I said earlier, I'm sure he's done an interview, or I hope he's done an interview, explaining why he decided to come back. And in fact, he did with Howard Stern that we'll play for you here in a couple of minutes. I want to correct something really fast. Many of you have texted in the last couple of minutes, very confused about what you just heard on ABC News. And let me let me do some clarifying. I Ryan and I were talking. I didn't hear exactly what they said, so I apologize. But here's what's going on. Some of you heard them say that there was a murder-suicide with a shooter still on the loose, which would not be possible if it was a murder-suicide. Here's what ABC News is at least saying on their website, is that there was a fatal shooting of two people. It was not a murder-suicide. It was a double homicide, and that, yes, they are still looking for a shooter. So take the murder-suicide part out Clarifying of it. that up. Victims were identified as a 24-year-old student and a 26-year-old woman, uh, this is at the University of Colorado. Um, let's see. The victims were identified as 26-year-old uh, out of Pueblo and a 24-year-old out of Parker, Colorado. One of them was a registered student at the school. So, again, they are calling it a double homicide, not a murder-suicide. Killer remains at large. Because that would be that would not be possible. The definition of that would defy that term. So. Um, I hope that clears that up. I, they may have just said it wrong. I'm, I'm not really sure exactly what they said, but that's the accurate information. You just got to read the teleprompter, Ron. Oh, man. Okay, moving on. Um, so big Billy Joel fan. We were talking about this. Yeah, Colin and I were talking off the air. Um, Billy, if you've ever, uh, if you've ever not heard Billy Joel do the thing where he sits on stage with a piano and then has an audience of people that ask questions about his music it's one of the coolest things to listen to if you're a Billy Joel song. I have a three CD set at home where he did this maybe 15 years ago where he got, I don't know what university it was at, but it was in a university auditorium and he got a bunch of college kids and professors together and he just sat there for like three or four hours. Here's the piano and they ask a question about what was the inspiration behind Vienna? And he says, well, actually, here's how I, and then he plays it and then he talks more about it. It's super cool. So we'll play for you in a second here because I think he did the a little bit of the same thing on Howard Stern. But you had not heard the new song yet. Nope, still haven't. Didn't watch the Grammys? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fair. Thanks for That's thinking fair. I might be the That's kind fair. of person that would prioritize that kind of entertainment. But no, I did not watch the Grammys. I don't watch any award shows. Um, Why do I have to? You guys just sum it up. You don't have to. No, I mean, like you sum it up for me anyways. Like all media and everything I need to know happens within a short amount of time after it's over so i mean there were some things that were interesting go on out of it I, I, do i'll you want be me to the recap judge of that the whole <laughs> um, yeah so yeah, let's hear it i mean the fast car duet between um oh tracy, and tracy. you know what thank you for bringing that up because so many of my friends listen to country music this is a great song i'm like no 
When Tracy sings it, it's a great song. No, well, he does a really good job with it on his own, too. It's Luke Holmes does a version of it that's really good. Fine, but her version, to me, like... Her version sets the standard, absolutely. I'm so happy they were together because so few country music fans would have known that Tracy Chapman and her songwriting, storytelling is very good. And granted, this was a very long time ago. Uh, yeah. But I think his version's fine. Colin, you had not heard the original... When Luke Combs came out with his version... You had not heard the original. I knew yet. that he covered it. I didn't yes. know who sang it originally. Yes, because generationally, that makes sense. That I knew Colin that would it not was not it. his song. Yeah. I knew that. I could not tell you for the life of me at the time, off the top of my head, who actually did the original version, though. His she's is a, a very good country version of it. She's a poet. She's amazing. Yeah, I can't argue with that. I think his is very modernized it's, in terms of Nashville and, got their hands on yes. it for sure. Yeah. yeah. The, but the cool thing behind that is the story. Credit to Luke Combs also for, because he's given a lot of interviews about, he really gives her a lot of credit for that. I mean, he really, because he didn't have to. I mean, it, be, it didn't become number one until he covered it. Um, but he really, you know, reached out to her. And in that performance, if you look, he steps back at the end and like bows down to her and makes sure the crowd focuses on her. And he talks about how he was listening to it on cassette when he was a kid in his dad's Same. truck and just decided to cover it. So maybe, so I do have a reason why I feel that way. Like when I was in high school at a, at a Latham North, Mr. Niermeyer, I think I'm getting the name right. Sorry. Sorry, coach, but uh, English class. And he would have modern songs and he would, he would ask the classic, like, what is your interpretation of this verse? And one of the songs we highlighted was fast car. And so it's interesting, like that song hits people in so many different ways throughout the lyrics and the verses there's kind of something for everybody in there, but your mm -hmm. interpretation of that, it, it would change wildly. But she's she's a poet. She's a great songwriter. Yeah. Yeah. And just really cool to see her coming back with this. And a lot's been written about how that duet came to be on stage and how she was really, she's just a very private person and had not performed that. on stage in like 15 years hmm. and was resistant to it until they came up with the right arrangement and she started it off and, and it was just, it was very cool. Okay, I think we're looking for audio of him explaining what he thought about the song. If you can't find it, that's okay. We can move on to the Billy Joel stuff. That's okay. No? Okay, don't worry about it. Well, don't worry about it. That's where we're squirreling a little bit. That's okay. This, <laughs> is, what, this is what happens. But that's there what you is one in the of me on this side of the glass. <laughs> yes, exactly. And there are 10 billion things I'm trying to do all at once. Yes, absolutely. And we you did this on the fly. I'll so. be right back there. I got you. <laughs> we've already talked about the time we've already talked about the times that I've been in here and the mic didn't turn on that was one of the last times that you were here where the mic didn't work on this side and that but, got buttons and switches I'll be right back <laughs> hold on I what got this you, what did you just say the off button came off don't tell I don't want I don't want Parks to know I think it's gonna be you don't want Parks did you to break it I will not admit to that okay that's however, what he said to me the off button came <laughs> however, off however this is listen to the Dan and Bark show folks because I got a feeling very <laughs> early in the show you're gonna hear about this off what button. What the heck happened to my button over here? He's not going to be that happy is what about I'm it. Expecting to hear. And if he blames me, don't let him. I didn't do it. I don't know what you're talking about. Engineering is not in the building today, I guarantee you. Those Of those five cars out there this morning, I guarantee you engineering was not one of them. Sorry, so, Parks. You're going to have to find that out the hard way. He's not listening, so we're good. I mean, I guess we're about to find out. Um, okay, <laughs> Billy Joel. So Billy Joel came out with a new song. This is another part of what you missed at the Grammys was after all this time of him not putting out new music, he decided to do a new song. Shucks. I missed that, huh? Um, I mean, YouTube exists, and I'm pretty sure you're familiar with the internet and all. But um, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to play two parts of this. There are rules about how much of a song we can play at one time. 
So we're going to play the first 30 seconds of it because when I heard the beginning of the song, I didn't like it. I think I called it a downer. It builds and it gets better. So we're going to play the first 30 seconds and then we'll stop it for a second and then we'll play 30 more seconds later. We good? Okay, here's the beginning. Okay, so I think the beginning of this is kind of a snooze fest. What do you think? Sounds like a lot of Billy Joel songs. It's him and he sounds amazing. I mean, he, he sounds exactly like he did 30 years ago. Going to reserve my judgment. It's okay. the opener, not the closer. It's the beginning. So, so it far, builds. feels feels normal. Yes. And then it gets better. Maybe. Are we having computer problems? That would be totally fitting. Now today. I think I can help. This is your fault because you broke a button. This, now the computer hey, doesn't hey, work. Hey, 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 did not break anything. Okay. I think we need, do we need to take commercial and we'll figure it out? Or we got it? We're good. Okay. It. Okay. Here's the other part. Now I like it. Having heard... Having heard the whole thing now, now I like it. What do you think it's about? What do I think it's about? Yeah, let's go back to my I'm... high school English class. Jimmy, <laughs> what's your interpretation of the verse, I, I the think, two verses that we've heard so far? I think this is him hitting a certain age. I think we're reflecting on on oh, him. Okay. So, hmm. Now, I've no, I've never heard this song before. I have no idea what it's about. But it sounds we'll that. like... A relationship may have been in, in stall or plateau, and turning the lights on mean like he's starting to care again. Okay. Well, Ryan, if you're this willing much to more wait poetic. Uh, five minutes here, he'll tell us himself. Can't wait. Yes. Can't wait. No, I'll, yes. I, I will wait. All right. So hang on here. He did give an interview explaining his comeback, and so we'll get to that coming up here in KMBZ. Back here on a Monday on a President's Day. Good to have you with us. Ryan Weber's in for John Grayson on vacation this week. Uh, All right, so we are reliving a little bit. Uh, We have a bunch of Billy Joel fans sitting here. And so the new song is out. Ryan did not watch the Grammys to see it performed, so he was hearing it for the first time. And we were just asking questions about why the comeback? Why, after all of this time, did he decide to, to do a comeback? So he gave an interview to Howard Stern. Yes, we have checked it. Yes, it's FCC arable, so we're good there. Um, I didn't realize that he didn't write it. I miss that. I because Billy Joel always used to write all of his own stuff. I assumed he wrote this. All of his stuff? I don't know. Not all of it. Most of it. The hits. The that number I like. of artists who don't write any of their stuff would shock you. Oh no, it wouldn't. Okay. Yeah, I mean Taylor Swift well, is a reasonable. unicorn in the industry that she writes all of her she stuff. Still has help. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And and maybe that's what it takes to get to that level. I'm not sure. But clearly, like, I mean, there were still years, decades went by where he produced no new music. Mm-hmm. But so this is kind of the surprise that this is the newest song in so many, at least more than, what, 20 years almost? Well, you yeah. said the last one was in 93. I thought We'd River Dreams, that. River of, this is hard to do at the same time. I'm pretty, uh, yeah, here it is. Well, I guess we're going to hear why this song spoke to him so much. And we'll probably hear that I was wrong. I was totally right. 1993 oh. is when River of Dreams came out. But there's still a good chance I was wrong about what this song is even about. Sure. So we're going to play for you two parts here. Um, the first is him talking about the writing of it. He didn't, because he didn't write it. And then we'll play the other part here in a second. What do you mean? I, I mean, I'm trying to. Everyone's trying to get Billy to write a new song. But it was this dude, Freddie Wexler. It was Freddie? It was Freddie. How did he get you to write a new song? How did he get a hold of you? He knew, his doctor knew my doctor. It was a very weird way of, uh, somehow or another got to me from my family doctor. He said, some guy wants to meet you. I said, ah, okay. You know, he's a fan. Yeah. And it was, that was pretty much it. I thought, you know, I'll do something for the doctor. Let's meet the guy. Right. I meet this guy at a restaurant and we're, we're talking. And all of a sudden, this, oh, I thought it was going to be a young kid. He was in his 30s. He's got a, his own family. Yeah. He lives in L.A. 
and he's a songwriter himself, and he's a pro record producer. And he, all of a sudden, I, I recognize, wait a minute, this guy knows what he's talking about. It's not just a fan who likes the music. He knows how to write songs. He goes, why don't you, why don't you want to run, why don't you want to write? I, I just don't want to. I put myself through the grist mill by yeah. doing this, and it's, it's a torturous process because I have a high bar, and if it's not good enough, I'm not going to write it. So... That was that. That's how we get to. It's so old man. Oh, we had the same doctor through through my like, just how, how old man. Billy must be spending some time there. He's got a very <laughs> right? personal relationship. Good guess. for him. It's hard to have a personal relationship with a doctor these days. I guess. Okay, what is this part, Colin? That we're gonna. Yeah, hear? this next bit of audio is is Howard flat out asking him. You know, why did you write this song? And there's some other stuff sprinkled in as well. Okay. And it's me singing, and I never like my own voice. Yeah. I'm always disappointed. Uh, the singer is not good. You know, somebody like Ray Charles or, uh, you know, uh, Rod Stewart should sing this. But I actually heard the vocal on this recording. And you liked it. And I didn't hate it. Oh, that's progress. I can't say I liked it. I, I was like, I don't hate that. That's one of the first times that's ever happened to me. When Who the f*** did you write this about? I'm not telling you. You have to tell me. I can't. It's a woman, right? Partly, yes. There's a double meaning to it. What do you mean? Part of it is about a relationship, and part of it is about my own, my own life. Like, uh, is it too late to turn? I'm putting out a new record. Wait a minute. Do I get a, a second chance here? Right. That kind of thing. I had the feeling this was about your own relationship to music. Yes. Are Who we, was right twice? Are we both right? Were you right, too? I wasn't. Well, I said it was about a relationship. It's kind of plateaued, <laughs> turn the lights back on, re reinvigor the relationship a little bit. But maybe that is more, it's clearly more deep than that. Okay, so is he putting on an album? This is part, I heard six songs in the works is what I, like, surely he's not just going to do a single. Surely there's. I don't know. The whole industry's changing with streaming music. Yeah, you, you don't, don't have really to do a whole album anymore. To. Yeah. I mean, throughout yeah. the, the Stern interview, he says, and this is the same thing, I think, with a lot of these you know, now older artists that have these huge discographies, they just have songs in the wings that are just mm -hmm. waiting to be finished or released. And and he talks about that with Howard as well, that he has so many songs that are just riffs or motifs or has a little bit of a chorus, maybe a lyric or two that just is unfinished. So I am, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a full album, but I don't know how much he has ready to go. How long till we get a Luke Combs version? <laughs> don't be, All right, don't too be that soon, guy. Too soon, okay, don't be fine, that guy. Fine. Okay, fine. I forgot we had the story in our stacks. This was something else he talked about in the Howard Stern interview. I forgot we were going to talk about this. Um, so he was asked, like, if you were to put a super band together, who would be? Who's your dream team? Ooh. If you were to get a band together, Billy Joel, and you're playing piano, who is? Who's in it? And, and why are they all it. named Billy Joel? <laughs> no, he gave some, he gave some answers. And he, he's and he a complicated thoughts. dude. Every time we yeah. ever talk, I'm like, there's a lot of layers here. Yeah. Um, he gave names. Any, do you, any contributions? Do you here? know what the names are? Colin, do you know what the names are? I have it in front of me. Yeah. I have not looked at it. No. Do you want to make a guess for his? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think I know him well enough to know what he's thinking. So I will refrain. I will too. You two just don't want it's to. It's no fun, but. Okay. Sorry for not being fun. It's Monday. We don't have to be fun. All right. So, um, uh, do, do, do. Okay. So, this is, these are the names that are uh, amongst his list. 
So he revealed what the lineup of his super band would be in his head. Himself, obviously on piano, Sting, uh, Don Henley, and John Mayer on guitar. God, John Mayer is a great guitar player. He John also Mayer mentioned Ringo Starr. Very good. Guitar I player. can't wait for Dead and Company to play the Sphere. Like I might pony up for the price of that ticket to see Dead and Company because John Mayer does a great job playing guitar. Yeah, I remember seeing him in Lawrence. Maybe fifty people. Mm-hmm. It was the John Mayer Trio. And I was like very early in college. Just been like it was probably early two thousands. Mm-hmm. And then it, like a year or two later, he came back to Kansas City and played the River Market to a sold out show. Mm-hmm. He's like, clearly, you guys told a couple people. But I remember seeing him in Lawrence at the Granada, and I was like, who is this guy? Yeah. Do you know why he's so good at guitar? Or one of the reasons why he's so good? Because he went to Juilliard. Uh, yes, but also <laughs> he was good before uh, that. His thumbs are a half inch longer than the average man. Well, that's a fun fact. So he can wrap his thumb around the top of the neck, which allows him to do more in different things. Bet he can throw a good, good spiral football, too. Those are the kind of fun <laughs> facts, Colin, that I can't forget. So thank you for sharing John that now. John Mayer has extra long thumbs. I can't wait to share that knowledge with the world now. <laughs> Gosh. Seriously, these are the kind of fun oh, facts God, that when guys. I hear them, I'll never forget them. <laughs> Uh, by the way, Howard Stern had suggested the supergroup include George Harrison, Tom Petty, and Bob Dylan. Yeah, those are definitely Howard's people. Um, by the way, Bob Dylan, to his credit, did release or give access to, I know Mumford and Sons, or maybe it's just Marcus Mumford, produced the basement tapes, which some of that had been recorded by Dylan, but not all of it. And some of that included a lot of his time when Dylan was in Kansas City. So I, I don't know why more of those artists, I mean, it's because it's very personal and you want to be the one that produces it, giving it to someone else, be like giving your child to somebody else. But mm-hmm. <laughs> you imagine there's an opportunity to do that. Now, what I don't like is what happened with some artists and their state takes over. Uh-huh. That to me gets way more commercial. So Billy Joel has not sold his song catalog yet, right? A lot of artists are doing that once they hit 60s and early 70s. He has not sold his yet. Correct. I've not heard that that he has. I would. I don't know. That would make huge news. I mean, because that would be worth a gazillion dollars. There would be three commas involved. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, there would be. I mean, if Katy Perry's selling it for half a bill, right. or whatever it was, I can't remember. Then yeah. he would definitely be in a billionaire category. That'll be. I mean, he's got several children he could pass it along to, but I, I, I can see that coming. Hmm. What an interesting way to exit from your career as a singer, songwriter, performer. To have a catalog worth that much money. Yeah. Because you know, whoever buys it has already done the math to see an ROI from all the streaming, all those things. Interesting. This is why Taylor Swift is re recording all of her music. Yeah. So that she can then own, she can then own it all. And she could kind of own Scooter Brown for doing what he did. Exactly. I love that story. Yeah, me too. All right, we'll take a break here. Uh, Coming up, story out of the BBC. New trend in the jewelry business when it comes to wedding engagements. We'll get to that coming up here on KMBZ. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome in. Happy President's Day. Ryan Weber's hanging out till 2 o'clock. Then Dana and Parks take over. Story was out of the BBC. Um, and I'm curious to know what everyone thinks about oh, this one. Oh, there's going to be some opinions about this one. So I think this is cool. I, I, I think it's, it's a fascinating shift culturally. 
that's happening, maybe. And if there's resistance, hello, resistance to this, I want to know why. Um, I bet you do. Yeah. So the headline on this is more men are wearing engagement rings. The market is figuring it out. This is going two different directions. Okay. One of these is gay men are proposing to their partners. And so there, there is a demand now for engagement rings for men that are fancy and diamonds and the equivalent of the female engagement ring that's got the big diamonds in it and that kind of thing. The other thing that's happening, though, and this is the part of it that I think is more interesting, is you just have more men that are wearing engagement rings. They're engaged to a woman, but they are wearing engagement rings, either because she proposed to him or because they both decide we both want to show the world that we are engaged. Why is it just her that wears the big rock and shows the world, yes, I'm engaged? Why isn't he also? The jewelry industry loves this because it's another it's it's another ring. I mean, there's the engagement ring, but then there's the big one, and then there's whatever you're going to attach to it at the wedding. So Tiffany & Co. and Brilliant Earth and a lot of major brands serving global markets have introduced men-centric designs for engagement rings, often with thicker bands and more discreetly placed diamonds than their feminine counterparts. Like the rings for women, they can run into thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Who buys it? Uh, would you? Well... You know, the pressure is on the man to buy the engagement ring. So is that pressure now put on the female or whoever the partner is, male or female, to reciprocate with an engagement ring? Let me ask this question. Let me stop you for a second. If you are a woman, I assume we have somebody listening. If you are a woman and you have proposed to your male partner, did you do it with a ring? What do you do it with? Hmm. So I didn't think about that when I when you first told me about mm -hmm. this story because I was like, oh, people are going to have opinions about this. Yeah. Did you do it with a ring or did you just propose? Because huh. I also like the idea. The reason I like this is I like the cultural change of, if that's what's happening a little bit, is you both wear, regardless of who proposed, you both wear engagement rings. And honestly, like, what's the problem with that? Right. right? What's right? I mean, guys, I'm not married, but my buddies who are like, they, they kind of sometimes wear their ring and or it's like that that you know like a rubber like replacement like yeah. they just don't take it very seriously but interesting I, I don't think it's ever like culturally i don't think it ever crossed anyone's mind in my generation to ever do that but of course like why not um so what they point out in this story is that engagement rings for men are a common practice in several countries including um chile sweden and brazil where jewelry hmm. traditionally doubles as the wedding ring what hand do you put it on could you not put it on your, I mean, put it on your wedding ring. Put it on your on your wedding ring finger. But if you're engaged, don't you put ring. it on a different hand? Well, you're talking to somebody who's never been engaged. <laughs> I'm literally, I don't but know the answer to those questions. My understanding is the engagement ring goes first on your, on your ring and finger. You get the wedding and band. And the wedding band. And then sometimes you flip the order of them, but that they both go on the same finger. Hmm. So why not have the guy wear one too? Because part of what... Um, part of why you're having the woman wear the ring is to show that she's taken, you know, well, let's show that he's taken too. Which you what know? would be the downside of that. Right. My question is more like the commercial side of this. Cause like the, the business of weddings is, and I, in my opinion only out of control, the costs, mm -hmm. the social expectations of weddings. 
it's had a huge impact on young people's ability mm-hmm. to buy home and get credit. Like the amount of things that just go into the expensive part of a wedding and the rings become an afterthought sometimes mm-hmm. considering the cost of the overall experience. But again, like let's say it, it, it you know, heterosexual relationship. If the tradition is mostly where men propose to women, then is it reciprocated? If a ring is involved in the proposal, and is she buying the ring reciprocated? Cause even like almost all my friends bought their wedding rings. And but they didn't wear them wear as an engagement ring, but they still personally purchased their partner's ring and their ring. Further to your point, and we'll get to your calls here in a sec, just hold on. Further to your point, if we're gonna totally flip it, right? If we're gonna totally flip everything for the sake of argument, she proposes to him. If there is a standard, somebody just said, isn't there a rule about like supposed to be X percent of your salary or whatever is what yeah, the ring is supposed to be worth. That gets out of control. But whatever. But so she is proposing to him. She gives him the big flashy diamond ring and she's not wearing anything until the wedding. And at the wedding, he gets an additional band because that's how it would work. And then she gets something more understated. That's a total flip. It's a total flip. But why not? Well, I mean, I've also seen, especially a lot of younger people get married and they share their last names. It, that's a whole. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure people have, oh, that's not traditional. It, these traditions are all new, okay? Yeah. Like, if you want to, these are all new traditions. But that's an interesting one to me because that shows more of that, like, partnership, uh-huh. which is likely one of the key pinnacles of a great marriage. Again, not married, don't yeah. know, haven't been married, but I would imagine that puts you on the right track. But the legal aspect, like, I've always thought this, like, when I get married, would I ever ask to take my name? Like, that's something that would be very uncomfortable to me. Or would you assume she would? No, I wouldn't. I would okay. not. I think a lot of guys assume she would. I understand that. Yeah. And I think I know what and why and all those things, but I don't think I would care that much, especially because like I'm older mm-hmm. and I, my partner would like to be a little older too. And so I wouldn't ask her to do that if it was like going to impact career or mm-hmm. brand or any of those things. I think it's really interesting. 913-586-7798. Uh, let's get to the calls here. Ashley's in Kansas City. Hey, Ashley. Hey, y'all. Um, I love this. Jamie, you know um, I don't fit normal gender rules. I was a teenage bull rider. I'm a truck driver. I'm a tomboy. Love it. But I think this is going to make it a lot more acceptable for women to propose. And I know, like, my stepson, he's 23, and he has proposed, and he wears an engagement ring. And I think that's great uh-huh. because what that ring originally signified was a woman becoming the other man's property. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, and I'm, no, I'm not anybody's property, first and foremost. I wear that ring because I love my husband. My wedding band is $10.50. It is stainless steel. It does not, <clears throat> excuse me, it doesn't have to be the three-month salary and all that crap. I am so sick of a wedding being about, oh, I've got to look right. I've got to have the social status. That's not what a marriage is supposed to be. If you want a wedding, go have a wedding, but you're not going to have a marriage if that's all you're concerned about. I love it, Ashley. Thanks for getting in. I totally love it. It's awesome. Thank you so much. Wait, you're telling me that the the quality and price of the ring doesn't (laughs) predict the future success of the relationship and marriage? What? Shocking. How many people are disappointed to hear that news? I also want to know, um, and we'll get to more of your calls, but it is also, I don't know if common's the right word. I know several guys who tattooed in place of a ring, got a tattoo 
in that place. I don't know any women that have done it, and I don't know why. But it's something that men have done. Maybe because men don't like to wear the ring as much, right? They don't like having having the jewelry. But instead, they tattoo it on their finger. What a commitment that is, right? Yeah, and then and and then and right? then what? <laughs> yes, it's. But they don't like. My dad never wore a wedding ring I, in my entire life. I ne- my parents were married nineteen years. I never. I could not tell you what my dad's wedding ring looked like. I cannot remember. I don't think my dad did. Yeah. So I I, I know he had one, but I because I've seen the wedding pictures, but. In my life, that's the only time that I know of that he ever wore it. So, nine one three five eight six seven seven nine eight. Bruce is next up in Raytown. Hey, Bruce. Yes, in nineteen sixty six, when I got married, uh, I couldn't afford an engagement ring and a wedding ring, so I just bought the wedding ring, and she wore it on her right finger, her ring finger, till we got married, and she put it on the left finger. And I've known lots of guys that didn't wear their wedding ring it's because they wanted to go to a bar and wanted to look single. And I never did that. I always wore, I was married twice. I always wore my wedding ring. Good for you. And sadly, Bruce, I've known a few fellas that uh, are single and wear a ring because they think in whatever warped reality they live in that makes them more attractive to women. And Mm -hmm. I would steer clear of those ladies. Yes. Uh, We'll keep going. Next up, Angela in Kansas City. Hi, Angela. Hi. So I had a neighbor. He, He proposed to his girlfriend and gave her a really nice ring, but she wanted him to wear a ring in return, but it was like a lesser ring. And then he got a really nice ring when they got married, but he wears the lesser ring to work so he doesn't damage the nicer ring. But he doesn't wear both together. Now, I've had a lot of gay friends that have done it for years, but this is the first, like, heterosexual couple that I've ever seen do it. Yeah, I keep going back to money. Like, who's buying yeah, it? Thanks, Angela. Like, if it really, who's who's paying for the 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 male ring? Like, the engagement ring that these men are wearing. Do you think they're also buying that, or is that a gift from their partner? So I don't know how it works anymore, right? I don't. That's okay. I, I it's I, not I, up to us. It's up to them, yeah. right? Everyone's got an opinion about how people should be in society, but it's their lives, their choices, yeah. right? Like in my head. Um, and again, this is the never married person, so dismiss it if you'd like. But to me, it's all kind of one big expense. Like, I'm at the yeah. age now where I don't, my mom's not paying for my wedding. If I, like, I'm at the age now where that's <laughs> not going to happen. That, yeah. You know, yeah, like, that's not something I, I ever, I don't know what, I don't know at what age you get to where that expectation goes away, but I have long passed it. So to me, I feel like it's one, the everything associated with the wedding is one big expense, except the engagement ring gets weird because it's allegedly a surprise. It's, you know, it's supposed to be a, but I know, but on the other hand, I know couples that you go ring shopping together because you're going to wear that jewelry forever. I think it's less of a surprise now because so many women have a very specific choice of what they want their ring to be. Yeah. And so it would be detrimental for a guy to assume that they know what that is and then have to go back and return it. And you're going to wear it forever. And sizes are weird, you know? And so, you know, make the event a surprise. Like, don't tell her when you're going to do it. Make that the surprise part, but not the ring. I bought an aura ring for my girlfriend for Christmas. And uh, we're at her family's house for for Christmas, and where she got this gift, and I was I was like, how do I find out her ring size? Uh-huh. Like, and I was like, I can't ask her friends because they're gonna be like, oh, mm-hmm. what's going on? And like, they would have just been like, no. But then I was like, I can't do that. So luckily, the company actually sends you a sizing kit first before they send you the ring. So I was like, how do I even bring this up without immediate expectations going to well, the next one better be, <laughs> blah blah blah. And it did luckily avoided all that, but.
Um, the way I would do it, if I were to give any advice, is go into if she wears any rings at all or has any in her jewelry box, grab one, take it to a jeweler. They have the little poles that you put the ring on that tells you what size it is and then put it back in her box where she realizes. Well, I didn't think about that. That's my advice. <laughs> that, that, that's I didn't what I would think be doing. about stealing one and putting it on a. Yeah, but it all worked out. They send you the sizing in advance because she doesn't want to wear it on her ring finger. Yeah. Yeah. And then it gets even more complicated. That gets weird also. Yes. I have one for when I travel to, I've been to a couple of places where it's beneficial for it to appear as though I'm married. And so I have a couple of, I wear a lot of just, I have a ton of jewelry. I have jewelers in the family. I have three generations of, of jewelers in the family. So I have a lot. And so I have a lot of bands like that that would be very easy to put on the ring finger. But it's, <laughs> this is a whole other conversation. I don't know if we have time for this. But I also at this point in my life, because I have so much jewelry, have t- in fact, I'm wearing one now, have taken to wearing a ring on my ring finger. Mm-hmm. Because why not? If someone wants, to, if, if, if that's going to give a sign where somebody thinks I'm married or not or whatever, I sort of don't care anymore. Nor should you. It's a finger I have available to wear jewelry that I like. And so I've just started to do that. <laughs> you do have a lot of rings on. I do. I, yeah. I, I just, I have, um, I've probably got 50 or 50 or more. I, I just, because I collect them when I travel and, and I've inherited a lot and I like them and I wear them a lot. I used to care about not wearing anything on that ring finger because it's reserved for the engagement ring. And I just don't care anymore. I've never owned jewelry. You don't I, strike me as a jewelry guy. No, I'm like, are most, you a watch guy? No. And I mean, I wear like a smartwatch and I have for count. years. It doesn't count, right? Ne- it's never been something that interests me. I'm not like a flashy person anyway, <laughs> so it's not going to draw me in. <laughs> I went to this uh, murder mystery party was with friends at birthday party on Saturday. And my character was like, I was supposed to wear a lot of flashy jewelry. And I was like, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Go to like a secondhand store or something. And even then I'm like, no, that's not me. Texter just said, I am a woman. Boy, if you can call, I would love to hear this story. Uh, Texter says, I am a woman that proposed to my husband with the wedding band. We both wore our engagement rings. There's your answer. Did you buy? Okay, so here's my question to this this texter. Did you buy the what? Did you buy the band? You proposed to him. Did you buy that ring? I don't genuinely care because I do feel like some, like the theme. I'm just curious. The bride or groom or whatever relationship you're in, like there's typically one party that's going to pay a lot more for the wedding. And in in heterosexual couples, it's typically the the female's family that covers a lot of those costs. So it is the expectation for the man to to pony up on the ring. Mm -hmm. So much so this has gotten out of control. Mm -hmm. And the commercial aspect of weddings makes me a little bit sick and nauseous, but we don't have to go there today. (laughs) And if this is just one more thing for the expectation to be put on us to go buy for ourselves, like that's where you kind of lose me personally. Is I would like to see that because you're supposed to be entering into a partnership. Mm-hmm. That's not a good start. 913-586-7798. Uh, we'll get to a break. We'll wrap the hour next on KMBZ. Talking about the story out of the BBC. Trend with weddings is that for in a variety of scenarios, men now are getting engagement rings. Either it's a gay couple and he's proposing to him and so he gets an engagement ring or she proposes to him and gives him one or they both decide... To wear engagement rings. And it's, boy, the jewelry industry is thrilled because now you have men that used to just wear bands as wedding bands are getting big, flashy, diamondy pieces of jewelry. And good so, for them. Yes, absolutely. All right. Tracy has called us up out of Blue Springs because Tracy was texting in about proposing to your husband, right? Hi, Tracy. Correct. Yes, I did. All right. Tell us the story. 
Uh, well, we had actually gone out to get my engagement ring together, um, but he did not know that I had already purchased one for him also. So uh, while he thought he was waiting on the perfect moment to ask me to or marry him, I beat him to the punch and I asked him to marry me and gave him his wedding ring. Okay, so you give him the wedding ring as an engagement ring. Correct. So what, did you wear anything as an engagement ring? I Yes, the ring that we bought together. Okay, so you both oh. wore them. So I kind of like that idea. If you already have the wedding rings, just wear them as engagement. So did you do, at the wedding, what did you do then? Uh, we just exchanged the rings that we already had. I like that. I think I think that's kind of cool. And it's your choice, and you can do whatever yeah. you want to do. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's that's none right. of my business, and you don't have to answer, but I'm going to ask anyway. Who paid for the rings? Um, we paid for mine, and I paid for his. Okay. Oh, are you happy with that answer? I am. That's Not good. that you know. Again, do whatever you want to mm-hmm. do. It's it's your life and world. Everyone's going to have an opinion regardless. But I was just curious because I was like, is this just another thing the wedding industry is trying to get men mm-hmm. to buy? And there's a pretty good chance that's happening, but I like to hear your story, Tracy. Thank that's you. cool. Thanks for calling in, Tracy. I appreciate the story. Welcome. That's awesome. Okay, so there are many options now. Good. You can do it however you want. Yeah. It is kind of weird to see. I've got the pictures of the men's engagement rings. They are flashy. I mean, they're massive hmm. with massive. Now, they're the diamonds are, are recessed. They're down, but they're still huge. So when I, especially like the business world, if I interact with a guy who's got a very flashy wedding ring, it does make you have opinions. Like what? I'm In not 10 seconds or less. I'm going to go there, but you just, oh. it just, it's not common. So when I see it, I'm like, is there a projection going on here? And it just makes me wonder that. And I'm cynical, so that's probably why. Fantastic. <laughs> Thanks for the opportunity, <laughs> Thanks though. Thanks for coming in. We fixed the off button, so that's good. Nope. No, we didn't. Oh, we didn't? I thought yeah, you fixed just it. just going to see if Parks finds out the hard way, okay, like I did. We'll see how this goes. Could, uh, could be quite shocking. Everybody have a great rest of your day. I'll be back tomorrow here on KMBZ.